one, I'm Kendria. I need you to go like, follow, and subscribe. Soul Productions. What's up, everyone? And this is Next Level Thinking. What's up, everyone? It's another episode of Next Level Thinking. It's your host, Chris Holmes, always bringing you an inspirational guest. And today I have my special guest by the name of... JP Lane, what's up? Awesome. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself so we can know who this person is. Yes, sir. So I am U.S. Army retired specialist JP Lane, a double amputee, Purple Heart veteran, and lover of all Americans. Hey, that's one heck of a way to start it out. And then also much respect for serving the country. So like, even with that said, um, what got you into the military? Because uh, everybody who gets into the military has a story of why they got into it. So what was your purpose? Yeah, of course. Um, so all of us remember 9-11. And I'll never forget it, actually. I was in eighth grade language arts class. And my teacher brings in a TV on wheels. And we were like, cool, movie day, what's up? Yeah, that's the expectation when you see that little car coming in, you'd be like, oh, cool. I can relax, I can just sit back and watch a you know, movie. <laughs> yeah, you know it. So it was exciting, and then all of a sudden, it, our whole attitudes changed real quick when she turned on the TV, turned on the news, and we saw the first tower smoking. All of a sudden, throughout the, the morning, we watched the Twin Towers fall, and it was devastating, man. Um, what was what was like going through your head when you saw that? Because how like how old were you when that all happened? I was in eighth grade. It was in eighth grade, so middle school. So like, what was like the first thought? Because like something bizarre. Because I remember I was like trying to think um, elementary or middle school too, and the scene I was like, is this real? So what was your thoughts going on? No, yeah, our teacher, um, she was immediately honest with us all. She told us we're being attacked right now. And that was scary. I mean, we're in eighth grade. We're being attacked by people we don't know, by terrorists. And it was just really scary. And, of course, we were all crying, not knowing what was going to happen uh, all across the country. And so, honestly, the, the first thing that I felt after the tears settled and the, the angst uh, pushed aside, I was like, you know what? When I'm old enough, I'm going to fight and join the military so that that never happens again. Yep, and that was your strong push and like motivation into getting into it. And our, you know, respect of that because one thing it is like, uh, the greatest sacrifice is, you know, life and to defend our country. That speaks volumes much more. So we're going to like speed it up. So we, we saw the horrific event we all did, September 11th, and getting to the days of military. So what's, what's going through your, um, your, your mind right now? You're like, oh, this is about to be my time. And like, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, so I joined the military, uh, of course, super pumped, uh, being very competitive, like I'm going to be better than everybody. A competitive how, spirit. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how big they are, I don't care you know, what their experiences have been, I'm going to be the best of the best. And so I went through basic training, and I dominated basic training, and I was excited to join my unit. I had a plan from the very start. I was mm. going to go uh, reserve, so I started off reserve. Uh, because I also lived um, in Mexico, long story short, lived there because of an ex. So I knew that if I lived overseas, I could at least do reserve from the start and fly back and forth to my drills. Gotcha. Uh, after my contract, go active duty, 
and move on from there. So I got in touch with my unit that they put me in, the 428th Engineer Company out of Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, yes, I'm a cheese head. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey don't, don't hate me. Don't hate me because of that. <laughs> but um, so I met up with my unit. They were a bunch of awesome dudes. That was in 2008. Fast forward to 2010, my unit was already called, hey, we're going to Afghanistan. This okay. is I want to hit the brakes a little bit. So you said, because I want to go a little bit more definite and go more in the story. You said, awesome dude. So what made them awesome in your life? Because I feel like that would be great viable information because we all have like our group of friends and things we pull like viable information. So what made them awesome in your life? No, yeah, that's uh, because the guys that were in my unit, we're all human beings. Of course, we all have flaws. Not one person on this planet is perfect. But when you can find something in, in somebody that's in your circle, that's in your group, that's surrounded um, by you, that's positive, that's inspirational, that's something that you look up to or look forward to doing or becoming or being, that's, that's the people you want to keep around you. My unit in uh, Wisconsin, every one of those dudes – when it came time to do our job, we got to work. When it was time to learn our craft and practice our craft, we did it to the 110 million percent. It was amazing. And those were the guys that I ended up deploying with. And I am so blessed and honored to have deployed with that group specifically because I wouldn't have wanted to go overseas to a war zone where your life is on the line. I wouldn't have wanted to go overseas with another group of guys. And I'm glad you hit all that because at the end of the day, we need coaches, comrades, mentors, and much more to help us as a support. And I like also what you were saying, like, you know, everybody has their flaws, but together we stand strong as one. And that's what you often you piece together with the, the great amount of friendship and partners you had as you went into probably like one of the biggest fears because you know you never know if you can come back but when you have your brother at your side you know it brings you that confidence to move forward so I'm glad uh, that's why I had to go and put the brakes in so I get that back because I feel like that would be valuable information but you can continue with the story though yeah no I agree and, and just like uh, put a cherry on top of that it's we like I said we all have our imperfections but we're beings learn how to love everyone in our imperfections so even though my some of my soldiers may have done things i may not have agreed with at the end of the day i knew they had my back just like they knew i had their uh their back you know what i mean and that is that is exactly how to love someone even in their imperfections because we love each other as brothers awesome awesome so like for like what went from there so from there of course um, like I mentioned we we in Afghanistan in 2010 and my job is the title of it is called a combat engineer so for those who don't understand what that means a combat engineer is even in front of the infantry guys and they'll tell you yeah yeah we're not the front line right now in this war it's it's the combat engineers because we go and search for the, the bomb. Hold up, wait, you said bomb. 
You mean? Yeah. <laughs> nah, I yeah, can tell you right now. You tell me like, wait, wait, my job is to do what now? <laughs> That's yeah, what pretty I'm much, pretty much, you'll get blowed up. That <laughs> you know. And so we trained to do that, and we went overseas. And of course, being in Afghanistan, there's uh, the Taliban are making IEDs left and right, and they're burying them all over, trying to take out our troops. So mm -hmm. we're the defense against that happening and against those IEDs killing our troops. So um, that's what we did. We deployed Afghanistan, and as soon as we landed, it was um, – mind-blowing for me I have never I've only been at that point to America and Mexico those are the only two countries I've seen in my entire life up until the point to Afghanistan and it was a shell shock to say the least single if you want to call it that made out of mud so there are mud buildings Man. Uh, it was just a whole different world you know, and so being there, I knew that it was time to get serious. There was no playing around. There's no more uh, safe zone at all. We were in a war zone for the next 12 months. So we settled down in our base uh, as a unit, as a company, and we get, I guess, if you want to call it cozy, in our little tent. <laughs> Yes, I said tents. And uh, so we put our gear in our tents and we start understanding what we were going to do every single day for the next 12 months. We had what's called a convoy that we would get into. So we had about six to seven trucks that were humongous up armored vehicles. And you can Google these trucks, uh, RG31, MRAP, you had the Husky, you had what's called the Buffalo, which is a humongous truck. What well, name um, fits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're telling me. In fact, uh, what's that movie, uh, Transformers? Mm -hmm. They had a Buffalo in one of those Transformer movies. Oh, man. Well, it all makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty cool. So that would convoy, and every morning we'd wake up at zero dark 30, um, get in our vehicles, make sure we have our weapon systems up and running, our rifles next to us ready to go, our snacks, if we bring them, which of course I did because I love to eat. Okay, and this is what kind of humor I could just imagine, but like, hey, we're going to do this, but hold on, let me grab my crackers real quick before I pull out the guns. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. Hey, somebody, who stole my cheese stick? Oh, we in a firefight? Never mind, never mind. No, don't worry. Yeah, put the cheese stick away for right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll eat the cheese stick later. But, um, yeah, so, and then we would head out the gates of our base, and we would go and normally cover about four to five routes. And what I mean by that is we're driving down these routes that are long roads that we're meant to go uh, clear and make sure there's no way to place in the roads. Now I say in the roads because it's not like our roads and they're constantly everywhere. Um, a lot of people should know by now that there's all dust and dirt over there, okay? Yeah. So it's not a highway system uh, like anything over here. 
So they're easily able to dig up big holes, bury the IED, pat it down and make it look like nothing was even disturbed. Uh-huh. And their hope is that we drive over it and boom, the dynamite. So a lot of the time, my unit would find those IEDs. So real quick, is there any moment that you had like a slight bit of fear as you, or are you just like, I got this Rambo? <laughs> no, uh, so I hope this doesn't come off like, um, I don't know, cocky or anything. First off, the military teeth uh, trains us or anything and to do our job, period. But second, I had my faith with me and I knew that no matter what, God had my back, he just, just like my soldiers, if not better. And um, the only thing that I'll be honest with is the only thing that I feared was not being blown up on mission, shot at, none of that. It was the moments, the few moments that I got while deployed to get on Skype and talk to my family members, an incoming round coming in and blowing up the tent while I was on the video chat with them. Okay. That was the only thing. I did not want that to happen so that my family did not see something like that happen in their face. That is absolutely it. So everything else, it wasn't, I wasn't afraid because I would literally just, I'm at work. Kind of like everyone else just goes to work nine to five. My of course, mine was a little earlier start and a whole lot later ending. <laughs> but uh, the point was, I just was going to work. You know. Gotcha. So I right, continue where you left off. You were like, you know, clearing out yonder routes and things like that. Yeah. So we would do that single day. We would clear routes. We would find IEDs. And the fun part was we got to blow those IEDs up ourselves. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty fun. So uh, the reason why we people are like, well, why don't you just disable them and all that stuff? Well, we didn't want them being able to reuse So we would set a small charge next to the IED, back up out of the way, and watch it light up like 4th of July. And it was pretty cool. So we would do that every single day. Um, but of course, sometimes the IED would find us before we found it. And so I was blown up three separate times, three separate days. And a lot of people are so funny. They're like, well, why'd you blown up three times? What, they didn't like let you not have to do it anymore after the first blast? No. You get blown up, as long as you don't have any uh, injuries, you're back out on mission uh, 48 hours later. So it's like, like boom, all right, it's tight. All right, we good, you good? All right, we all good. All right, let's go. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I was blown up the first time. It was an experience I'll never, ever forget. So my truck blew up and went into the air, came back and smashed down on the ground. It was missing a couple tires. And everybody inside my vehicle was okay. In my mind, right away, I'm like, let's do that again. Wait a minute, did you just have a little kid moment? Like, oh, this is a roller coaster. <laughs> yes, exactly. Dude, bro, I'm telling you, it was exactly like a roller coaster. And I love roller coasters. Oh, man. 
So it was so funny because when I told my um, passenger who the passenger drive, the passenger in each truck is called a com truck commander, TC. So I told him, dude, let's do that again. He's like, no. <laughs> and, but in my mind, you got to think about how I'm, I'm filing this in my memory is we were blown up by a bomb. I don't know how large, but nobody got hurt. So yeah, I can literally do this all day long. You know, if none of my soldiers are getting hurt or dying, bring it. I don't care. So that's what happened on the first two IED blasts that I was in. Okay. Hurt. I was, I was okay. Everybody inside the truck was okay. We were good to go. The third IED, however, was something that changed my whole life. And July 2nd, 2011 was a very unique day. And I think it was ordained to be that way because everything needed to play out the way that it needed to. It was my day off. <laughs> On your day off. Yep. Yeah, it's really hilarious when people are like, how in the world did you get blown up on your uh, day? On your day off. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you do what you tell you not to do and you volunteer. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, that, that was me. So my um, platoon sergeant comes into our tent in the morning, early in the morning, and said, hey guys, uh, we miscounted the number of troops needed for this mission. Who wants to volunteer to go out today? And I was like, well, the mall's closed, so I'll go. <laughs> There's no mall in Afghanistan. But yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> People are like, what? The mall? <laughs> what? The mall? The, yeah, anyway. So uh, I volunteer. I get my stuff. Of course, get my bag of snacks, and I get out to my truck. In 99% of my missions, I was on the gun. And the gun, really what truck it was, I was normally up there. So, needless to say, that's where I went at the start of this mission. I'm up behind the 50 cal, and I'm in the last truck. So, we're pulling out of the gates of my base, and I'm facing backwards because I normally have the 6 o'clock position at the very last truck. And it's the last time I'll ever see that base ever again, and I had no idea as we were leaving the gates. So... We get out and we get on our first route. Now, this day was in regards to this part too, because like I said, we normally clear a route and then we move the route. And no matter how many routes we have on our list for the day, we only cover the route one time, move on to the next route and do that until we're done and go back to the base. Mm -hmm. They wanted us to cover uh, the most dangerous route in our area twice. Once in the morning, yeah, once in the morning and once in the afternoon because there were some big wigs, you know, officers or somebody that wanted to check out the area. And so they wanted us to make sure that that route was safe. So sure enough, that's our mission. We head on out. We get onto that route. It's called Route Red Stripe. We get on that route for the first time out of two for the day in the morning and immediately the truck in front of me gets hit. Boom, their truck gets totaled. Everybody is in the truck, which is a blessing. And now we're disabled sitting there in our tracks. But we call back to our base and we say, 
say, hey, we need a hauler and we need a new truck and a new crew to come out and allow us to continue this mission. While all of that mess was organized and situated, my driver asked me to switch spots. Oh man, the day that you switch. <laughs> yep. So I'm like, yeah, man, I'm to get up on the gun. I'll, I'll hit the driver's seat and we'll, we'll do this thing. So we're about a month from coming home at this point. So you're like, this is like victory lap. I'm going home after this. Yeah, pretty much. And with everything that's situated, we get our new truck crew uh, in front of us. Again, I'm still in the back and we head out. We clear the other routes. And while we were out doing that, fair enough, the Taliban had built a bigger IED and this was their plan to blow us up with a small IED. It gave them the hole they needed to put the bigger IED, bury it, and we, we come back later that afternoon when it's buried and it looks like nothing had happened there. And we drive over and they pick my truck. They press the trigger and my truck not only goes up in the air, but flips onto the passenger side, tearing straight through my truck, blowing my engine off, blowing my door off. Now, the reason I, I mentioned the door, people are like, oh, well, that's not necessarily anything important, it's a door. Yeah, my 500 pounds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To perspective. Uh-huh. And they found it like 100 meters away, I think they said. So a door, That was a strong bomb. Yeah. It was a huge bomb. The fact that it was the first IED to ever penetrate an RG-31, yes, it was a humongous bomb. So uh, this 200-pound bomb penetrates my, my truck. And as soon as it did that, I didn't even know, but it amputated my legs, snapped my left femur in half, snapped my pelvis in half, my spine dislocated from my pelvis, it snapped my right arm in half, amputated my right middle finger, knocked out my four front teeth, and destroyed everything inside my torso except for my heart and my left lung. In a matter of like a split second, it was like... And I'm pretty sure you probably didn't feel any of that right now because your drilling was just like. You're exactly right. The, my adrenaline was pumping so hard, I didn't feel a thing. In fact, I know and remember every single detail after that initial second of being blown up. So We're late. Oh, go ahead. So what is, okay, that just happened. And I know you look down so like, what was going through your head when you saw when you saw that? Yeah, I, um, the the first things I did wasn't even look at myself. Surprisingly, training kicked in, and you I looked at your brothers. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I made sure I was yelling for my gunner. Uh, both me and my TC were yelling for the gunner to make sure he was okay. As soon as he he was disoriented for a little bit back there, but as soon as he got himself squared away let us know he was good to go and then um, I made sure my TC was good but uh, he was he was in a little bit of pain but more so because my whole body was laying on him so like the impact from being thrown well yeah because we're up and now the truck 
is on its right. So now I'm no longer uh, sitting in my chair. Half my torso has snapped in half. So I'm that my upper body is laying on him, suffocating him. You know, so um, it wasn't until I made sure my soldiers were good and everything was settled when I decided to look at myself. And I looked down at my pants and I saw they were covered in blood. I was like, uh, I'm messed up. It's a serious moment, but the way you said it, it's like, oh, oh that, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> trust me, if I could have laughed, I probably would have, bro. I'm telling you, it was, it was just that crazy because it was something I never expected to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And I still, like you said, the adrenaline was pumping so hard in my body. I didn't even know I was an amputee at that moment. Like, th- just imagine that. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Damage was coming. Yeah, because I could just imagine. If I said, I'm like, <laughs> and you just, uh, yeah, all drilling. Yeah, and it was, that was a blessing in disguise, you know, that my adrenaline was pumping so hard like that. Because uh, it would have probably been excruciatingly painful. <laughs> was able to feel that and I know that for a fact because uh, when I woke up after I uh, got out of the truck like the medic and some of my other soldiers helped pull me out of the truck that's when I actually fell into a coma I was out and How so long did you go for a coma I was in a coma for a month and a half a month and a half yeah so and I had um, I believe 26 surgeries during my coma because I've had, I've had a total of 28 surgeries to this date. And I know I've had a couple of those after my coma. So I had anywhere from 24 to 26 surgeries during my coma time frame. I died twice on the operating table. And um, that was all within that first week of after being blown up. So a month and a half passes by, I went from my coma and I didn't know this, but I traveled from Afghanistan to multiple bases in Afghanistan, then to Germany, then from Germany to Walter Reed in, in DC. And that's where I woke up was DC with a whole lot of tubes and stuff connected to my body. I could just imagine you just probably felt like, oh, I just went to sleep. And you probably woke up like, what? Yeah, it was insane. Uh, They actually tell you, I mean, the doctors and and nurses tell you that most soldiers that wake up in that situation are so frightened and nervous and that they actually end up trying to pull the tube out of their body because they don't even know what's going on. Yeah, because you're like, what the heck? Why is this all hooked up to me? So I can just imagine. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if you're not turning into Wolverine, why is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're transforming into something you didn't tell me. Exactly. So uh, I woke up from my and I really was kind of drawn back. But at the same time, I allowed myself to about the situation and assess the situation. And the first time that I could speak, 
I told my dad, well, this is different. That was the first words that came out of my mouth after waking up from my coma. Yeah, and that just sounds like something you would say from your personality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading the energy and i like, well, yeah, this is different. Yeah, well, the way I was looking at it was I can't take anything back. Mm -hmm. I'm a miracle worker that can turn back time and get my legs back. And I'm pretty sure I'm not a lizard that can grow my legs, back. legs back. Yeah, so I need to deal with this and accept it. And without accepting the the tragedy and issues and the situation that we're in, we can't move forward and progress in a positive way. Period. We can't. And that right there has is a whole lesson within itself of that statement. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm very uh, blessed to know that I had that mentality from the very start. You know that I need to overcome this. And even though this is going to be a very long, tough, painful ride, it, at least I'm alive, and that is a start. Yeah, and much respect to that and all that and much more. Um, I want to get into what, what you're doing outside of this as well, but explain your uh, the awards in case some people are not um, aware of the technology of the Purple Heart. And uh, what was the other thing you got awarded? I want to miss it. The, there, there's a lot of them actually I have, <laughs> yeah. but I well, don't even have them all memorized. Well, let's hit, I guess your top three that's known in the top of your head. So it kind of like informs other people. So when they hear it again, they're like, oh, okay, I know what that represents. Um, let's see here. I have my combat badge, combat badge, my, uh, Let's see here, Army Commendation Medal. There's a bunch of them. And then of course, the most important one, I believe my highest one is the Purple Heart, mm. which is definitely an honorable medal that a lot of people understand uh, most part, that you receive the Purple Heart after being injured in a combat zone. Okay. Yep. And um, yeah, it's an honor to have that medal, so. Yep. I want to kind of give a little bit of information to the people who's going to be listening to that so they kind of aware of that as well. So with that, of course, you right now, you basically walk a miracle. Um, but from that moment, like, what are you getting into now? I see that you're in, like, in the studio and all of that. I see the guitars. So where does this lead you up into now your present life? Yeah, so, of course, I, I, I had my ups and downs, you know, and it always helps to have family and friends and faith to be that support group that you have surrounding you because women and our minds can give out sometimes you know so we can be in a downward spiral that we don't surround ourselves by other people who are going to help lift us up so i did that from the start and because of that it allowed me you know what i'm a double amputee and yeah the government's going to give me a tiny paycheck once a month to live paycheck to paycheck and pay my bills, but I want to do something more with my life. I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. I want to do something more than just sit around and collect a, a ridiculous pay, like VA check, you know? And so I decided I wanted to live life to the fullest and do something that I'm passionate about. And I prayed about it and I mean, whether people are faithful or not, they have to have something that drives them to live life with a purpose. And 
for me, my faith definitely gives me that drive. And God specifically told me to pick up a guitar, start music, and sing. And I was like, what? <laughs> because the reason why I say that is because the doctors told me I couldn't sing. Same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the 28 surgeries I had is a tracheotomy, and it's a tube they put down my throat. And when they took that tube out, they destroyed my vocal cords. I had to go through speech therapy and learn how to talk. So I do it anyways. I pick up a guitar and I'm like, okay, I'll start singing. Within three months of putting my first YouTube on uh, YouTube, I get a call to go sing at the presidential inauguration for President Obama in 2013. Oh, wow. That's a quick, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a fast turnaround. Yeah, talk about listening to the voice. <laughs> uh-huh. So you know that wasn't me. And I promise you it was not my skill set either because oh, wow. I was still at the beginning of learning how to sing uh, with the vocals and stuff that I have, learning how to play guitar, which yeah, wasn't very good. And all of that stuff. So I was like, you know what? I love music. I want to follow this. I've been performing now for the last two presidential inaugurations all over the United States, including Hawaii, Brazil, Mexico, and I even went back to Afghanistan in 2018. So um, I also now, I encourage, I love to inspire people through what I've been because I'm tired of hearing all this negative stuff and people giving up and committing suicide and and just giving up so easily when they don't realize what could be ahead of them. <clears throat> Do you think that my life was easy after being waking up and looking down and seeing no legs? No. no, it was super tough, but I didn't give up. And because I and I didn't commit suicide, even though I wanted to a dozen times, I almost did a dozen times. But since I didn't, I've been able to see the progress and the blessings that have come since and it i am just blown away like i still look at my daily schedule and like how am i being in my situation as a double amputee but people want to see me perform and sing and people want to see me uh at events where i'm telling my story and all this stuff and now it's gotten to the point where last year september 11th and i Yes, I did that on purpose because September 11th was the start of all of this for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason I'm even in my situation now, September 11th last year, 2019, I released my, my first book, Walking. Awesome, awesome. And show, uh, show the book again. Yeah, like a slight connection. I don't know what I... Uh, show the book again. Oh, sorry. The connection, sorry. Yeah, the connection kind of went on. Oh, yeah. Walking oh, again. No. Yeah, so make sure that you support this brother and all the great inspiration and story because I guarantee this will definitely inspire people to get past their adversities. Oh, yeah. That, I, I, can, I can tell you um, it is humbling and an honor that so many people have private messaged me on Facebook and Instagram and said, JP, I could not put this book down. In fact, I've had people tell me that they haven't read a book in 15 years. But this one. <laughs> and, but this one. And I'm like, just it just is mind-blowing. It's so cool that people would be that interested in reading my story. And it just is something that they can't put down. And, and then they turn around after reading it and they're like, 
I am going to live life a hundred million percent. I'm yep. unstoppable. Yep. And that is, even though it's always about going through the storm, but after you fought through your storm, look at the bigger impact that you're going to have on the mass amount of people from your story. And that's what it's all yes. about. Yeah, it really is, man. And we're all here to literally put a smile on our neighbor's face and inspire someone to not give up because you don't know the people that are walking next to you when you're walking past people, you don't know their situation. You don't know what a smile can do. You don't know what a thank you can do. You don't know what a, hey, man, uh, I just want to tell you, never give up, never surrender, because if I didn't, you can do this. You can overcome anything. You don't know what that's going to do for someone's life. Well, so uh, wrapping this all up from the great story and much more, tell the audience where they can find you, purchase a book and all this. So this is your time to shine. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like the worst marketer ever for my own stuff. It's so funny. But uh, they can go to jpsjourney.com and all my stuff's on there. My book is on there. I order an autographed personalized book. They can do it on my website. Otherwise, they can go ahead and, and buy my book on Amazon as well. Um, if they have any questions with uh, purchasing it on Amazon or even my website, they're more than welcome to follow me on Facebook and Instagram and uh, just message me. Like, we're here to answer any and all questions. People uh, messaging us all the time, just uh, wanting to encourage us or even wanting. Uh, encouragement themselves and we take it all like we're always here for our fans, family and friends like we're in this world together so we're gonna be there for everybody but we always encourage everyone to keep following us what we're doing and there I can tell you I can't tell you every detail but there's some awesome stuff happening in 20 it's top secret but it's going to be super cool and people are gonna want to be following for sure. So, awesome, awesome. And uh, much more success to you. I will also help you out as well. I'm gonna drop your website link in the description below. You know, I great, amazing uh, shout out, but I also got your link just in case they miss them. Like, you can't, uh, I don't want you no excuse. There it is right there. That's right. <laughs> so, I appreciate it, bro. No problem. So wrapping this up, it's your host, Chris Holmes on Next Level Thinking. You bring you another great inspirational guest by the name of JP Awesome. So make sure you subscribe, share, and keep the message going so we can help people take it to the next level. Peace and much love.